Um, as Peter explained, uh, if this is your first week here, um, welcome. And this is nothing like what it normally is like. Um, usually we have, you know, slides. I don't have sermon slides today. I'm up on a, like, on some platform. The chairs are set up differently. We have welcoming team. We have check-ins. We have a fuller band. We have all this stuff set up. Um, but for this week and next week, we've stripped it down um, so that we can talk about rest. And we wanted to set this environment so that hopefully, uh, just kind of tangibly, we'd, we'd, we'd take this seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like we'd recognize, oh, this is very important, this idea of rest. And hopefully it'll help us apply what we're going to find in the Word uh, into our lives. But another part which Peter touched on is to remind us that we don't need all this stuff. Right, whether it is the lights or um, the full band or you know, people at the front or live stream video, we don't need that. That stuff is meant to help us find the one thing that we need, which we have when everything is stripped away, which is Jesus. Right, and so hopefully today and next week, it will help us to find that one thing right, and say that it's enough for us, that Jesus is sufficient for us. You know, rest is always an important topic, um, but... You know, we are less than six months old as a church. I mean, it's not that long, but there's been a lot of work that was put in to even get us to this point. Right? For the whole uh, of 2020, uh, there was a group of people just preparing this and that, uh, even to get to uh, January uh, when we opened up. Uh, so there's been a lot of work. And so even though we're young, uh, for this week and next week, hopefully we can practice rest. You know, I don't know how you're feeling as we hit, um, we're hitting June. I was talking to someone uh, yesterday, um, and I won't mention their name because I didn't ask their permission, but they were saying, like, this time of the year, just people, like, get a bit tired. It's just the way, way it happens. Um, we've, we've run out of uh, uh, public holidays, right? And there's kind of less to look forward to. Um, it's colder, and weather makes, like, a big difference to us. We, we just get grumpier. We don't want to do anything. We just want to stay at home. We don't want to meet anyone. Um, you know, the big events like Easter or Christmas, right? Easter's behind us now. Christmas is too far away. And so we're just kind of stuck in this kind of weird little place, right? If, if Wednesday is, you know, they say the hardest day of the week because it's in the middle, right? They call it hump day because it's like the hump of a hill and, you know, we're trying to get through the week. Um, then May, June, July, the middle of the year is like the, the hump months, right? These are the difficult times, I think, of the year in general. Right? And so I'd understand if a lot of us were just feeling a little tired. Right? We started January pumped up, you know, I've got 10 things I want to change in my life, and yeah, I'm going to take this year on, and I'm going to defeat the world, and then we get to May, June, and we're like, ugh. Right? And it's too far from the new year to be reinvigorated again, we're just maybe cruising along. Right? Maybe you're serving in ministry and it's getting a little tired. Maybe work's getting a little difficult. Um, we're going to talk about rest. I'm feeling that too, a little bit more busier, a little bit tired. Hopefully, our souls will be rested today. In our passage today, uh, Matthew 11, verse 28. Right, we don't have verses up. This would be a good reminder for us, by the way, to you know, bring our Bibles. I am considering just not putting up verses from now, right? Because I think we don't bring our Bibles because the verses are up there. Okay, just, anyway, just a thought. Jesus says this in verse 28, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Do you labor here? Are you heavy laden? Well, the invitation to those of us is that Jesus says, come and I will give you rest. Now, labor here is best understood as not just work, but work that leads to weariness. So some translations have those who are weary. You're exhausted. And so you're going through toil, whether it's work or even church work, and you're getting to the point where you're weary, right? The labor that leads to weariness. Is that where you are? Exhaustion. And he also says those who are heavy laden, those who feel the stress and weight, maybe of life, of relationship, of decisions that have to be made, of the week-to-week grind, discontent in your heart, whatever it is, if that is you, Jesus is speaking to you. And so there is this internal weariness that he's talking about, that you're feeling, and maybe this external weight on your life that you just feel like you're carrying, right, whatever it is. And Jesus is speaking to you, if that's who you are, and he says, come to me and I will give you rest. Isn't it an incredible invitation when you think about it? That Jesus is saying to you in your weariness and your burdens that you would come to him. Right? He's inviting you specifically, personally, come to me and I will give you rest. Right? Imagine the CEO of a mega corporation. Um, I'm just going to pick Apple because they're great. Um, imagine Tim Cook, right, the CEO of Apple, sending out like this mass email to, I don't know how many workers they have, I'm guessing thousands, the thousands of workers across the world, shoots them an email and says, hi, this is Tim. If any of you are feeling tired, you want a break, you know, the week was hard, I want you to come to my office, knock on my door, you know where I'm at, and I want to speak with you. I just want to listen to your struggles. I want to ask you some questions, and I want to care for you. I want to help you in your tiredness. What what an absurd thing to happen. That that would never happen. That would never happen because Tim Cook is way too busy to care about the individual needs of people. He's got iPhones to sell and money to make, billions of monies to make for his company. He's, He's not going to get involved with that small stuff. And not only that, you'd imagine that if you did knock on Tim Cook's door and you're like, Tim, you know, I'm tired from work, that he'd be like, you're tired? Right? You know how much stuff I've got to do? Right? And he'd, he'd, I think he'd be disappointed. Right? He'd be like, oh, that's good, you're fired. Right? We need people who can you know, get through the grind and you know, work through long hours. We don't need people who are going to you know, be tired and sad about it. And maybe that's the way that we think of Jesus as this big CEO who's far too busy for my you know, small, minute problems, and they probably are you know, insignificant problems. And that if we ever come to him and say, Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm tired from work, or I'm, I'm tired from my, my church ministry, that it would let him down. And he'd be like, oh, you're so weak. But that's not the case. Right? That's not who our Lord Jesus is. You know, if we see Jesus that way, our relationship with him is already, um, it, it's, it's not going to progress because we've already seen him in the wrong way. We won't approach him comfortably. We won't be honest with him. Right? Who we perceive Jesus to be is very important. And that's why we need to go to the Bible and find out who he is. And in our passage in verse 29, 
This is how he describes himself. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am gentle and lowly in heart. The reason why Jesus says, come to me, is not just something that he does, but this is what he does because this is who he is. And who he is, is a Lord and King and Saviour and Redeemer that in his heart is gentle and lowly. There's a book called Gentle and Lonely, and in that book, Dane Ortland, he points out that in the Gospels, this is the only place where Jesus describes his heart, where his heart is described. Only here. And by his own mouth, Jesus describes his heart inside here as gentle and lowly. And even though he is powerful and majestic and he's very busy, he's sustainer and creator and king of kings, in his heart, he's not arrogant, he's not lofty, he's not demanding. But if you just look into his heart, you see that he's gentle. You see that he is lowly. And those two words, I won't unpack them a lot, but they, they kind of combine to show that Jesus, in his meekness and humility, welcomes us. Right? The book says he's the most understanding person in the universe. The posture most natural to Jesus is not a pointed finger, but open arms. This is who he is, tender, open, welcoming, accommodating, understanding, willing, end quote. In his heart, he is lowly. And so in our lowly state, he does not reject us. He says, come to me. I want you to approach me. Be honest with me. I want to listen to you, care for you, I want to help you, and I will give you rest. Right, what an astonishing thing that Jesus would make that invitation. Jesus is the CEO of the universe. He's the king of glory, the sustainer of all things. He's the holy one, and he makes that invitation to you. Are you weary? Are you weighed down? Come to me, he says, all. None of you are excluded. All who are weary and feel weighed down. I want to help you. He is busy, by the way. He's busier than Tim Cook. He's keeping everything in place, the universe in state. But he cares for your situation. And despite his power and his strength and his perfection, he doesn't look down on our failures and our weaknesses. He's lowly and he welcomes us. That's his invitation to you today. That's the promise. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's very simple, right? You probably heard this before. It's one of those things that it takes a moment to understand, but it takes a lifetime to master this. To really live this out, I need to go to Jesus to find rest. Are you doing that? Have you done that this week? Right, that's the invitation. So how does this work? I just want to point out three things. Right, this is the, really the heart of what I want to talk about. The first thing I want to point out is that rest, then, is not the absence of work. At least the rest that he's talking about here. Rest is not the absence of work. Let me read verse 28 to 30 again. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, Jesus says the word yoke here two times. I'm just going to explain what it is. A yoke was like an agricultural tool. They would place it on animals like oxen around their neck, like a wooden thing, a frame, so that they would then be able to drag around heavy things. Or maybe equipment to plow the earth. So you'd get this oxen, you'd put this thing around its neck. It's like kind of like submission. You go. And they drag around these things. <laughs> That's what Jesus is saying. It's surprising, right? Because Jesus is just saying, are you weary from work? Are you weighed down? Well, come to me. I'm going to give you rest. <laughs> and he puts this yoke on us that is heavy. That's about work. And it's like, well, there's a con- what's, that doesn't make sense. Because I thought I was going to get rest, but you're telling me to work. And it's surprising for us, it feels like a contradiction, because in our minds we think rest and work are opposites. They're not compatible. That either you have a lot of work and therefore a little rest, or you have a lot of rest and a little work, but you, you can't have both. They're, they're not friends. Work and rest are enemies. And so if you're not rested, well, work is the problem, so get rid of work and the things on your plate, therefore you can get rest. But Jesus is saying that's not necessarily the way that it's meant to work. That he's going to make us work. That there is a responsibility and expectation, and if you look in the New Testament, there's a lot of things that we're commanded to do, and yet, in the midst of all that work, I want to give you rest. Rest is not the absence of of work, right? Not all the time. If you go all the way back to Genesis, before the fall, before sin entered the world, Adam and Eve lived in the Garden of Eden. It was perfect rest. No tiredness, no exhaustion, no weariness, no weight. But what they also did is they worked. Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, and keep it. The way it was meant to be was that we would work and be rested at the same time and that our work would not make us weary. That was the design of God. When we get to heaven, the new heavens and earth, we are going to work, but we'll be rested. That's the way it's meant to be. Now, sin entered the world. Our work is now frustrating. People are difficult. Things don't go the way we want it to. We plant seeds, they don't always grow, right? That's where the difficulty comes. But Jesus has come to restore things the way that it's meant to be. And in Christ, for Christians, we get to enjoy, in part, the restoration of work and rest in harmony. Not fully. We enjoy it fully when we go to eternity with God, But today, even now, when we come to Christ, the work and rest harmony is able to be found a little bit. Jesus invites us to this yoke of work because the right work done in the right way should be restful in Christ. That's why he says, verse 29, I'm going to give rest for your souls. Your body might be busy. 
Your mind might be busy, but your soul is at rest if you're in me. Right? And that's what we want. You know, people who have a lot in their place, they're doing a lot of things, but in the soul, they're at rest. And that's because they're with Christ. Rest is not the absence of work, not necessarily. Work and rest are not enemies. And that means work isn't always the problem, right? I, I don't know about you, but if someone comes to you and says, you know, I'm feeling tired, feeling a little exhausted, I've got a lot on my plate, what do we say? We say you need to take a break. You need to take a holiday. You need to drop the ministry, right? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I say that all the time. I said that to two people recently. And that's okay. But those breaks and holidays and step away from you know, church service are really not the heart of what we need to do. They're, they're kind of like a temporary fix. You take the holiday and you rest, but what usually happens if that's all you're going to do, take a break, is that you take a break, you get some breathing space, you go back to work, you get tired again, then you take a break, you get a bit of breathing space, you go back to work, it's like a cycle. What we need to do in that break it's focused on the heart of what Jesus is telling us to do. Right, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But at the heart of it, work is not the enemy. There's a deeper heart, soul issue that we need to work on. Problem is not necessarily work. Taking a break's good sometimes. Right, I'm not saying that's bad. Holidays are great. We need rest in our souls. Right, that's what we need. If you're feeling unrested, feeling like you're burning out, you're lacking joy, don't just take the physical, the mental rest. Look at your soul. How is your soul? Number two, rest is not in the absence of work. I'll tell you what it is. Rest is in the presence of Christ. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you, he says, and learn from me. That's the invitation. Come to me. Here's the yoke. Now learn from me. That word learn, that root word, is where we get the word disciple. Right? Disciple means learner. When Jesus says, go and make disciples, he's saying, go and make learners. And so when Jesus says, come and learn from me, it's kind of saying, come and be discipled by me. Wow, that's awesome. Again, King of Kings welcoming us. Come to me and now let me take you under my wing. Let me disciple you. Now, in the ancient days, and not all commentators, they agree on this, they have different views, but in the ancient days, they had yokes that were like a double yoke. Right? And so what they would often do is they'd take an older veteran ox, right? one who's been you know, farming for a while, and they'd put next to that ox a younger, new ox, weaker. And they'd have this yoke that would go over both of them. It would join the two animals together and they would walk side by side. Now the older one would carry most of the weight. The older one would do most of the work. But in the process, the younger one would be able to learn the ropes as it's walked side by side with the older one. And I think that's the image of what Christ is inviting us to. He's saying, come to me, take my yoke, nestle in right under me. I'm going to carry the weight. I'll do most of the work. But as we walk side by side, I want you to learn from me. I want you to learn how to live this life 
Right? That's the invitation. It's an invitation to walk with Jesus. By faith, we are joined to Christ. And day by day, step by step, we are being discipled under his wing. The rest for our souls is not found in the absence of work, it's found in the presence of Christ. And so that whatever we're going through, we don't take that away, but we inject Jesus into that, and then we walk through it with him. So that even though it might be busy, we might be strained, Christ in that equation is meant to give us rest. And I'm not saying, sometimes work is just too hard. You should quit and find a new job, okay? I'm not saying that should never be the case. I told someone to do that recently. But when Christ is injected into the situation, it changes everything, right? This daily relational engagement with the living Christ, this is the abiding me of John 15. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide. It's a discipline to devote ourselves to Him. Devotionals. Right? That comes from the word devote. It's the quiet times we have with Jesus as we pray and we read. Right? It's those things that you know we're meant to do. Right? The, kind of the really kind of central, basic, foundational things. Read your Bible. Pray. Right? Close the door. Be with Jesus. And you've heard it so many times, and we're like, I know, I know, I know this, that's not the problem. But don't tell me you know this unless you're doing this. Because we're like, no, no, it's not that. It's not my relationship with Jesus, it's something else. But we're not even spending time with him. Spend time with Jesus first before you tell me that's not at the heart of the issue. Are you walking daily with him, being yoked with him, side by side with him? Are you being discipled by him? Is he speaking into your life because you open up the word? Are you speaking into his heart because you're going to prayer? Rest is found in the presence of Christ. That's where our souls are satisfied, renewed, refreshed. We need to do this, at least this. You can do other things, go on holidays, see counsellors, psychologists, but you need to do this if you're a Christian. This is the one thing that the world cannot give to us. If we're going to find our rest only out of the church, in counselling, through articles, through books, but not in Christ, then where is the power of the gospel? Where is the hope from scriptures that God gives to us? We need this, at least this, and then add on everything else. The problem is not usually the work, I said. It's the walk. You know the story of Mary and Martha? I talked about it maybe a month ago. The problem with Martha was not her work. The problem wasn't that she was busy in the kitchen. The problem was that as she was busy in the kitchen, that the work got in the way of the walk with Christ. Right? Does that make sense? 
Being busy is not usually the problem. It becomes the problem when I'm too busy to pray, I'm too busy for church, I'm too busy for this. And then our relationship with Christ is neglected, and that's when it begins to spiral down. Martha was distracted with much serving, Luke 10.40. Distracted from Jesus. And so work is not the enemy. But when it gets in the way of the walk, when it gets in the way of the one necessary thing, the core heart issue, then yes, take a break from work. But don't just take a break from work. Find Christ. Sit at his feet. Walk with him. Learn from him. Be discipled by him. Do that in your break, in your holiday, right? in amongst, you know, lounging on the couch and watching Netflix, which is not bad. We need some of that. But you need Jesus. I think for Martha, if she was walking, if she was like sitting at his feet, she would have kept working and I think she would have been fine. If you're tired, take a break. Right? Daniel's going to talk about physical rest next week. I'm not saying it's not important. But it's the soul rest, I think, that a lot of us are crying out for. And that's not found in the absence of work. It's found in the presence of Christ. Don't underestimate that privilege. Don't underestimate that power of simply waking up every morning and finding ourselves at the foot of Christ and just being conscious of Him throughout our day. And what a difference that will make at work. When people get on your nerves and you know, when things don't go the way you want it to and there's traffic on the way and you know, your relationships are you know, not the best and all of these things, when we go through it with Christ, it's different. Right? It's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. There it is, the soul rest. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's a description of walking with Christ. The rest and comfort found as we follow him and are discipled by him no matter where we go. Whether it's by the waters, whether it's in the green pastures, we're going through the valley of death. It's okay because we're with him and walking with him. Lastly, rest is not found in the absence of work. It's found in the presence of Christ as we rely on him. It's not the absence of work. We're injecting Christ into the situation, into our daily lives, and then we're just completely just dependent on Him. That is really at the heart of the rest that Christ offers us. I'm just going to read verse 28 to 30 one more time. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Christian life on the one hand doesn't really feel, what he describes in verse 30, easy and light. I don't know if you ever felt that way, being a Christian. It's tough. 
Because we're meant to do everything that, you know, everyone else does, the non-Christians, whether it's like, you know, you go to work and, you know, you get money and you got to pay the bills and you got to feed the kids and put them to bed and then you got to meet your friends. You got to do all of that, like, normal stuff. And then you've also got to read your Bible, you got to pray, you got to come to church, you got to serve in a ministry, you got to give tithes, you know, you got to get a cap, you got to go to men's stuff. You know, all this stuff is added on on top of all the stuff that we used to do, right? It doesn't always feel light. It doesn't always feel easy. I'm scaring some of you guys who are not Christian. How are we meant to have those expectations, responsibilities while being light and restful? Yeah, I didn't even talk about the, the demands of holiness and fighting sin that we're meant to do. We add that on top. If you go back to that image of the yoke, where we're nestled in next to the older veteran oxen, one of the things that I said is that what happens is, is that even though the younger ox works, that they don't carry the weight, that they don't do most of the work the one next to them does. And therein lies the easy yoke and the light burden. At the heart of how our souls find rest is the fact that for Christians, Jesus carries the weight and Jesus does the work in life like in in like a thousand different ways he carries the weight and he does the work and so our souls are no longer feeling that overwhelming burden of life but we're we're free that is really at the key of soul rest i'm just going to give a few examples number one holiness before you met jesus There was a standard of holiness on each of us. And that's a heavy burden. You you try to be a good person. You're striving to do these things and tick the boxes and read the Bible. You've got to go to church and you fail and you fail and you fail and you just feel exhausted. It's so difficult to hit the standard of God. And yet you come to Jesus because he invites us to himself. And this Jesus says, I will carry the weight and I will do the work. He carries the weight of the cross. He goes to the hill. He does the work. And suddenly for us, that demand of holiness is lifted off us because he's done it. And the good news is that you, in your unholiness, because of Jesus, are loved. You're welcomed. You're a child of God. You're saved, but you're free. Is there still work to do? Yes. We're still meant to be holy. But it's now vastly different because we don't carry the weight. We don't do the work. Even in our daily, what we call sanctification, the growth in holiness, we don't carry that weight. We try, we fail, we know we're forgiven. It's not crushing to us. And even the work of sanctification, it's because the Spirit is helping us and strengthening us that we're able to do it. The measure of holiness, it's still the same. We're still meant to be perfect as Christ is perfect, but our soul is at rest. 
Because we don't carry the weight, we don't do the work. Does that make sense? It's the same, but it's, it's different. When we're yoked in with Christ by faith. It's the same with stress. A lot of us, we carry the heavy weight. We're prone to worry about tomorrow. What about this? Different scenarios. Money, people, job, relationships, that event I've got to go to, that thing I've got to do. We carry the weight on ourselves. It's exhausting. It's mentally straining. But Jesus invites us, come, be yoked with me. I'm going to carry it. I want to do it. Right? What does Philippians 4, 6-7 say? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, present your requests to God. Right? And what this passage is saying is you're carrying the anxiety. It's like you've got a bowl full of all the things that are stressing you out and you're carrying it every day and it's so straining on you. But instead of carrying it, go to prayer and give it to God. God, you take that, you carry that, and I'm going to submit it to you. I still don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I still don't know about the future, but I don't carry that weight. I'm not doing the work. I've given it to him. Right? And now our souls find rest. Verse 7 says we get a peace of God which surpasses all understanding. In that place of prayer, as we're surrendering it to Him, as we're walking daily with Jesus, surrendering every step of the way, we get a peace. Now, it surpasses understanding. It doesn't make sense. I don't know the answer still. I still have question marks about tomorrow. But I have peace because He's carrying it and He's doing it. Yeah? Does that make sense? That is a place our souls find rest. We heard a great testimony about this last week from Sharon that wrestle with trust. But when we come to God, we're able to trust Him. And our soul finds rest. One more, identity. Now we try really hard to be a certain kind of person or appear to be a certain kind of person. We try to be funny. We try to be perfect. And we've got this kind of perfectionist drive. We want to be successful or rich. That's because we want the people around us to be like, oh, you're cool. You're great. I want to be like you, whatever it is. And that's tiring. I'll be honest, like, I, I put a lot of time into my sermons. A part of it is like, it's for God. But a part of it is like, it's, it's that people are like, great sermon. I'm like, <laughs> but I want to hear it. And that's tiring. You know, when you're living for the admiration and you're getting your identity from people around you your mood goes up and down and it's based on things that fluctuate and man if, if, if someone comes up to you after a sermon and says great sermon well I feel happy but if no one comes to you after a sermon you're sad if people like the post that you put up oh great you're having a good day if no one responds to your post you're feeling a bit oh like you know is that okay but it's based on things that, that fluctuate it's heavy it's hard but Jesus says, come to me, you carry that weight, that burden. Because I don't tell myself who I am and people around me don't get to tell me who I am. The way it works in Christ is that God tells me who I am and what he says about who I am does not change. 
Because if you're united with Christ in faith, you are loved regardless of your performance. That you are cared for, that you are cherished, that you are the apple of his eye. All of these things are always true for you. So that even if your performance is not great, it's okay because as you've walked side by side with Christ, you have not carried that. And he has given it. Your identity, he has carried it and given it to you. Is it work for us to do? Yes. We strive for excellence because we want to give God the best. We want to use our gifts. But it's totally different, right? We're not carrying that burden and we're not strained by it. It shows up again in so many different ways. It's that daily, in prayer, in the word, reminder that I'm relying on him, on his strength today, that he's in control, relying on the fact that he he listens to my prayers. He's going to give me wisdom. He's going to give me conviction. He's going to help me to forgive. He's going to give me the strength and the love. He's going to give me all of these things and we rely on him and our souls find rest. And so rest, I'm going to close. Rest is found not in the absence of work. Work is not the enemy, but you might need to take a break. But it's not in the absence of work. It's in the presence of Christ injected into our daily life as we rely on him. Because he carries the weight. He does the work. As I look back to my last few weeks, I'm very aware that as a people have asked me, how are you? My answer has been, I'm tired a bit. I feel like I've been busier than normal. Got a lot of things that have happened. I'm looking forward to next week when Daniel's preaching. But in the midst of that, I know like deep down in my heart, like what I need is so cliche. I need Jesus. I need to rest in his presence. And that doesn't take the work away. It doesn't mean I don't have to plug in hours in the sermon. It doesn't mean I don't have to meet the people, but everything is framed differently if I would be walking with him. I think that same month I just came out of would have been the same month, but it would have felt very different. And maybe that's true for you too. If you were just to come to Jesus and find rest for your soul. As you and I actively pursue rest this week and hopefully next week in a lot of different ways, maybe take a break, go on a holiday, I want to ask you to also come to Christ. I want to read the passage and then we're going to pray. This is the invitation, guys. Imagine Jesus is saying this to you. He says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. We're going to do this. We're going to spend a good minute sitting before that invitation.
and hopefully have the, the courage and the humility to come to this Jesus, the CEO of the universe, who welcomes us into his presence. The Christian life is, is hard. It's busy. There's a lot of things to do. But the secret is that we don't do it alone. That we're not meant to figure it out ourselves. That we're not meant to be the master of our lives. We don't have the strength to carry our worries and our future and uncertainties, our stresses. Jesus will carry the weight. He will do the work. Just trust in him and find rest for your souls. Can we do that? I don't know what's going on in your life. Just come to Jesus. Be yoked to him by faith. Know that he is right next to you and just give it to him. That is the secret to rest for our souls. Let's pray.